0: This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by One Planet Yarn and Fiber, a unique global marketplace. Visit the shop online at www.oneplanetyarnandfiber.com. Hi, this is Alana and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode 28 of Never Not Knitting. I have a new pattern, a new review to share, a new giveaway to announce, and a new knitting story from a familiar voice. But before all of that, I would first like to announce the winner of last episode's Malabrigo drawing. Everyone who left a comment under episode 27's show notes on my blog was entered to win a skein of Malabrigo Worsted from Dancing You Yarns. I randomly picked a winner from among all of the comments left, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is... Anita! Congratulations! Thank you, everybody, for entering. And, Anita, if you're listening, please get in contact with me so I can get your information and get your prize mailed out to you right away. So with all of that being said, let's get on with today's show. I have some new knitting to report. I'm so pleased to say that I have finished the design project that I mentioned last episode. I feel more excited about this new pattern than I have ever felt in the past about another design project. I just couldn't be happier with how it all turned out. This new design is called the Cedar Leaf Chalet, and it's something between a scarf and a shawl, and it can be worn as both. It's kind of like a tiny crescent-shaped shawl with tapered ends in a plain stockinette stitch body that's curved through the use of short rows. Now obviously I'm not the first person to design a shawl with short rows, but I was really inspired by this idea at the short row shaping class that I took with Joan McAllen Michael recently. While I was sitting in her class, practicing my wraps and turns, I was just realizing how much I love short row shaping. If it's done correctly, it's completely invisible. So it looks so much neater than the traditional increases that you normally would use for shaping. In this design, along the curved edge of the shawl body is this beautiful leafy border. After you knit the body of the shawl, the stitches are left live onto a long circular needle and the leaf border is actually knit on. So that means there are no seams and no stitches that need to be picked up. And also you're left with very few ends to weave in. I found this construction to be quite simple and actually pretty fun. I really did enjoy knitting the leaf edging. After the first few leaves, I just got into a rhythm with the pattern, and since the edging is worked on relatively few stitches, it seemed to go really fast. You know how that goes. Usually the first couple take longer because you're getting used to the pattern, but then pretty soon you're just zipping through it. I couldn't believe at the end how fast I was cranking these leaves out. Plus I really always enjoy knitting patterns into my work. It's just fun to see the pattern. Or in this case leaves, form right before your eyes while you're knitting. And as I said before, this design is kind of right in between being a scarf and a shawl. And the great thing about that is that it's very versatile and can be worn quite a few ways. It can be worn in the traditional shawl style, which is just kind of wrapped around your shoulders. And I think that this style would look especially good if you are wearing like a really pretty elegant strappy dress. It would be like a really nice pretty accessory to the outfit, but I don't get into a dressy strappy dress that often, so the way that I would most likely wear it is more like a scarf. What I like to do is find the widest part of the shawlette and arrange that part in the front, and then wrap the thinner ends around my neck. Since the piece is curved, the leafy ends of the shawl kind of twist around and look really pretty when they're hanging. Also, I found out that if you carefully wrap the shalette around your neck several times and tuck in the ends, you can create kind of a cowl style scarf with several different layers of leaves showing. And I think that this looks really pretty and would be a beautiful accent under a winter coat and it would keep your neck really warm. The other reason why I love this shawlette so much is because of this awesomely gorgeous yarn I knitted it in. I ordered this yarn online, through One Planet Yarn, and I just didn't know quite what to expect. You know how it is shopping online. It's hard to really get a true sense of the color. When I got it in the mail, however, my jaw literally dropped. It's probably the most beautiful yarn I've ever seen. And I know for sure it's the most decadent yarn I have ever worked with. The colorway I chose, called Cedar, looks kind of like a plain dull green in the picture online. All of the pictures online, even the ones on the Handmaiden site, just do not do this color justice. In person, this color has so much depth to it. As you know, green is my favorite color. And I knit with it a lot. And have enjoyed practically every green i've come in contact with but now i can honestly say that i found my absolute favorite shade of green and that is this cedar colorway it's definitely more of an olive green kind of brownish green but the most beautiful part of it is the way it's dyed there's a little bit of color variance in the green tones and every so often there's little hints of rust and brown thrown in. Very autumn-like. It's truly insanely beautiful. I can't believe that I blindly picked out such a fabulous color. I couldn't be happier with it. I know that this yarns manufacturer, Handmaiden, offers many different yarns in the same colorways, so I know I'll be picking out the Color Cedar again when I try out another one of their yarns. Aside from its lovely color, the yarn itself was such a pleasure to knit with. I liked it so much, in fact, that I've decided to...
1: Bring on the product reviews!
0: So this yarn, which is Handmaiden Lady Godiva, is a 2-ply, 50% silk, 50% wool blend. i found that I love the mixture of wool and silk together in a yarn. The wool content lets the yarn retain its bounce and memory, But the silk adds wonderful softness and sheen. That's another thing I love about this yarn. It has remarkable sheen on it. The mixture of the subtle color variegation and the sheen gives this yarn almost a sparkling effect. It's so pretty. The two-ply construction is also quite nice. It's surprisingly springy and it blooms really nicely in the blocking process. Okay, So, can you tell that I genuinely love this yarn? Because, I do. The Lady Godiva yarn retails for about $30 a skein, which sounds pretty pricey, but it's really not that bad when you consider the yardage that you're getting. Each 100 gram skein comes with 273 yards. That's a pretty good amount although my shawl calls for two skeins you could definitely make something with only one and in my opinion this yarn is so special and beautiful i feel that it's worth every penny if everything goes as planned my new pattern the cedar leaf Shawlette, will be available tomorrow the 16th and if you're interested in knitting it up there are kits available through one planet yarn and fiber The kit comes with a pattern and two skeins of the Lady Godiva in the color of your choice. This kit is a good deal because it offers the materials at a discount. It is 10% less than if you bought the pattern and yarn separately. Also, One Planet Yarn and Fiber is generously offering free shipping within the United States for all Never Not Knitting listeners and blog readers until December 15th. All you need to do is enter in the code N N K ship in the checkout process. I really hope you give this Lady Godiva yarn a try. I can't possibly see how you could be disappointed. But if you would like to knit up cedar leaf and you would like to use something else, One Planet has a great selection of yarns that would work equally well. You'll just want to look for a DK weight yarn that has a lot of drape. So something with silk, bamboo, or tinsel, anything with a plant fiber, if you choose a yarn that's 100% wool or cotton, it'll be just too stiff. And the leaves just won't look as good or hang as nicely. And also, the chalet takes approximately 350 yards to complete. So now that I have all tempted you with all of these Lady Godiva yarn details, I'm very happy to announce that all of you listening have the opportunity to win a copy of the new pattern and a skein of this fabulous yarn from this episode's generous sponsor. As usual, all you need to do is leave a comment on my blog under the show notes for episode 28. Please check out the Lady Godiva color selection at One Planet Yarn, and tell me in your comment which color is your favorite. I really suggest you choose cedar. Green and leaves, it just goes together. In a few weeks' time, I'll randomly draw a winner from among all of the comments and announce it on my next podcast episode. So that means you have until December 1st to enter the drawing. I'll be sure to post all the yarn and kit information in this episode's show notes. And while you're there, be sure to check out One Planet Yarn and Fiber. You'll find the button on the sidebar of my blog. One more thing. I'll also be hosting a Cedar Leaf chalette Knit Along in the Never Not Knitting Ravelry group. If you're interested in this pattern, please feel free to join us at any time. There's no rules or time constraints. It'll be just a group of us knitters knitting along with this chalette and sharing tips and photos. And if you have a question, please feel free to ask me. I'm always here to help. I really happen to like knit alongs. They keep me motivated with a project and it's a great way to connect with other knitters. And I also like to see the project that I'm working on in other yarns and colors. That's kind of fun too. So I really hope you'll join us. Like I said, the pattern should be coming out tomorrow, the 16th, and I will be starting on a second cedar leaf chalette and we will be starting the knit-along right away, so I hope to see you there. For this podcast episode, I am so happy to announce that I have yet another knitting story to share from the charming podcast listener, Nick. You might remember her from episode 22, where she shared with us the story of the Joseph knitting. I just so enjoy her lovely Irish accent and her storytelling style, so I'm so pleased that I have the opportunity to share this story from her. The story of the Jolly Green Giant.
2: erroneously. Forsooth, I made it way too long, and there is no hope but to rip
3: Joseph Knitting, and the many, many items knit for my family by my knitting dad. This is the story of the family tree sweater, aka the Jolly Green Giant, that I finally knit for him as a thank you. To begin the tale, however, I must introduce another sweater altogether. See, nothing goes in a straight line when you're knitting. Not with me, anyway. About four years ago, my uncle requested a sweater. He had very specific requirements. It had to be black. That was it. Otherwise I had free rein. I started with the yarn, a Eurobuster 100% acrylic at very low cost, something like 3 Euros for a 100 grams. That's $4.50 to you guys. Anyhow, the yarn was just my first mistake. Next I picked a pattern, a basic raglan sweater, and I had a bit of fun selecting stitch patterns. Some rib here, a few cables there, a motif for up the centre front, and the sweater was in business. It went pretty well, this uncle sweater. Though I discovered it's quite hard to knit iron stitches in black yarn, especially in that dead, non-reflective, super-acrylic yarn that I had chosen. But still, it trucked along nicely, and I, in my innocence, was knitting happily. Until. In the course of time, like with all my knitting, I showed it to my dad. Babbling on about the construction, the stitches, whether my uncle would like it or not, and suddenly, mid-sentence, I had a sudden epiphany, and my blood ran cold then hot, and then cold again. I should be knitting the sweater for my dad. I love my uncle a lot, but what on earth am I doing knitting something for him when I should be knitting for my dad? Fortunately, I can be quick on my feet when I see a big old hole opening up in front of me. So I ended that sentence with, So what kind of sweater would you like, Dad? And with that began a sweater saga that would take more than three years to complete. Of course, I finished the uncle sweater first, gifted it, received due thanks, and then turned my thoughts to the dad's sweater. It was to be based on the same pattern, but in my mind this was going to be different. Typically, I was already conceiving a secret surprise. After all, it had to be really special. No ordinary sweater for my pups. So, first up, what colour? Apparently he wanted turquoise. Now, as you may know, it's almost impossible to match one person's turquoise with another person's turquoise. You say blue and I say green. So I took the precaution of finding something that matched the colour he had in mind. In this case, it was a child's colouring pencil. I took this pencil everywhere in the hopes of finding a suitable yarn. So far, so good. However, fate intervened and one day my dad wandered into a small yarn shop and came out with a large bale of yarn and a smile on his face. Turquoise is it? No. A vibrant, eye-watering emerald green. Ironically the same brand of yarn as before, which I had now come to hate. Equally inexpensive and equally hideous. What was an acceptable and slightly neutral acrylic in black became completely nuclear in green. This is a green to take note of. A green that is talked about. A green that is not ashamed. A green that can be seen from space. I use the term yarn advisedly by the way, it's really more of a plastic fibre. I stretched it out once and I swear I heard it squeak. It was the yarn that gave the sweater its working title, the Jolly Green Giant. Anyhow, this was the yarn he wanted, so be it, and nothing was going to stop me from knitting the sweater. Next we picked a stitch pattern, fisherman's rib for most of the body with some cables thrown in for interest and structure. Since this is that category of project which in our family is called Mickey Uppy, I was free to pick another stitch pattern to run up the centre of the sleeves. After much thought I selected the X and O pattern that is sometimes called Hugs and Kisses. This is for my dad after all, and the sweater is for the giving and receiving of both in abundance. Unfortunately I was another year or so casting on, and another year or so getting halfway up a sleeve. Somehow something else always took priority. Finally, and long after the hints had stopped coming, I turned my attention seriously to this sweater. By now I had thought out my secret plan for the front. I wanted to knit something that represented the whole family, so I got the idea to knit a family tree into the front. A trunk made from two intertwined cables with a heart carved on it for my mother, a branch for each child, and a leaf for each grandchild. Since I had no idea how to actually do this, I had lots to think about while I slogged through the back and the sleeves. And slogged I did. It took ages. Another year or so. I originally planned to create the tree by knitting in cables which would cross at the right points and taper off into branches. After months of trying to chart something that would work I got the genius idea of knitting eye cords for the tree and sewing it on later. This had the advantage of at least allowing me to finish the sweater before worrying about doing the tree. I knit the front the same as the back but with a large panel of stocking stitch in the centre i included cables for the start of the trunk and the heart motif just after the rib i was confident that the rest of the tree would be appliqued or embroidered on no problem i don't know where this ridiculous confidence came from but i wish you could have seen the looks on the faces of my wicklow knitters group they gave me great support cheering from the sidelines even though they must have been worried about this tree so, I had all the pieces knit up to the arms, I seamed them, and then joined them in the round, and began the long trek up the raglan sleeves. Have I mentioned already that my dad is a big fellow? Oh, yes. Six foot five and built like a mountain. A glorious and mighty dad, indeed. So now I had many, many, many stitches on my circular needle. Honestly, I can't remember how many. Something like four hundred and something, or five hundred and something. Or was it two thousand and forty-two? Of course, by now I had long since lost the original pattern, so I was winging it for the raglan decreases. Not a good plan. For one thing, I had way too many stitches, and I had knit for almost two inches after joining the body to the sleeves before I did any raglan decreases. This was to make room, I thought, but it created what looked like the toe of a sock at each seam. I had to knit and re-knit the shoulders and the collar five times before I got it right. I confess it was here that I almost lost heart. The next problem was that the large panel of stocking stitch in the front meant that it was now two or three inches wider than the back, and billowed like a blouse. I inserted some more ribs and cables here with the crochet hook, and this worked pretty well to reduce the volume. By now, of course, the original deadline for the sweater was long past, and as every new deadline passed me by at speed, I did wonder was it ever going to end. Finally, however, the great day came when I could start knitting the tree and even though I had no idea really what I was doing, I took that sound of music advice and started at the beginning. Actually, I think I knit the leaves first, casting on 3 or 4 stitches, using yarn overs for the increases and then decreasing back down to the tip. These were pretty cute to make after such a massive knit and I felt I was really on the home stretch. For the trunk, I just cast on 6 stitches, threw in a cable here and there and started to divide this panel for the branches. A twist here, a divide there, and I ended up with a very convincing tree trunk in less than an hour. I couldn't believe it, but this turned out to be really, really easy. Honestly. Nervously, I laid the tree on the sweater and pinned on the leaves. Magic. I had been so worried that it would turn out looking like broccoli, but it was spectacularly convincing as a tree. Strong, tall and mighty. Just like my dad. Honestly, I think I cried a little bit when I proudly unveiled the sweater to my family it was all worth it they were stunned it's certainly unique and my dad loves it the funny thing is I totally miscalculated the amount of yarn that I would need and I have four or five balls left over since he doesn't want matching hat or socks I'm just wondering I anyone wants some?
2: The yarn, green like And the deep, deep sea But now this sleeve is hyperbole Twill fit only the jolly green giant Not thee
0: again Nick for sharing that charming story. That sounds like quite a project. For those interested, Nick has posted pictures of the jolly green giant sweater on her Ravelry page and also chronicled the experience on her blog. I will link to both in this episode's show notes. This version of the song Green Sleeves that I included in this episode was performed by none other than the fabulous Ren Ross. I'll be including a link to her website in the show notes as well. If you listening have a story that you would like featured on an upcoming episode, please email me. I'd love to hear it. Again, the show notes as well as the pictures of all of the projects that I knit can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as nevernotknitting and you can email me at nevernotknitting@gmail.com at gmail Thank you so much for joining me today for episode twenty-eight. I will see you next time.
1: She won't even do the dishes. The house plants—they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking from morning until she goes to bed. Don't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making. Her husband mad. mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. There's yarn in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She, she just won't stop, stop her person. stitching and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project She says, just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had